This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Happy Friday. Happy Football Friday, by the way, for the rest of the calendar year. Football Friday. So enjoy that. Sean Drotar, Sandy Clough with you. And joining us from out in Arizona at the stadium, the, our friend from the Denver Gazette, Chris Thomason, joins us. Chris Thomason on uh, Twitter. And, Chris, thank you for uh, for taking some time away. I know you're getting ready for pregame and everything. But the, the I, I want to ask you first, before we get into the nitty-gritty, about sort of the, the vibe and the feeling around the Denver Broncos organization under Sean Payton. Do you get the feeling that the way they perform tonight uh, has any sort of importance beyond the fact that it's just a regular preseason game? Well, it's always interesting and exciting. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's always interesting and exciting to see a coach make his uh, debut with a team, even if, it's, even if it's in the preseason. So it could help set the tone. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson obviously is looking for all the confidence he can get after last year's disastrous campaign. So if he comes out and looks good initially, then, yeah, that's going to be good and that's going to help the the Broncos if he <laughs> comes out and throws two interceptions or something people start grumbling ah same old Russell Wilson so yeah in this situation I think it carries a little bit more weight than uh, maybe your typical preseason game yeah especially with Wilson I think uh, he has uh, a lot of repair work to do whether he realizes it or not and sometimes I think he's he's oblivious to virtually all of this but uh, he would have gotten at this time last year had he played in the preseason and we all know that he didn't play in the preseason last year but even if he had thrown a pick or two along the way he would have gotten the benefit of the doubt that's gone isn't it and and, and maybe maybe even within the team I know other players and certainly coaches won't say he has this to prove and that to prove. But I think after the kind of year he had last year, uh, a year that I, I, I don't remember any great quarterback ever having just slipping that far from what had been his career norm for a decade. Um, isn't the burden of proof kind of on him, not just tonight, but throughout the preseason because he figures to play unless he's hurt. In all three games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Sean will take it one game at a time. I mean, if he has a disaster showing early in the preseason, they probably might be more likely to throw him back out there to get the bad taste out of him and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how many preseason games he plays. I mean, I'd be surprised if he plays in all three. Would you? Uh, Hasn't the coach said, I'm doing everything different than they did last year? That would be uh, one of the everythings. Well, I mean, we'll we'll have to find out. I mean, there's not a lot of starting quarterbacks who play in every preseason game. So that would be unusual, especially if he looks decent in in the first two. There'd seem to be no reason to throw him out in the in the last one although that's the only one in front of the home fans I don't know if that you know means anything but yeah it's uh yeah I mean there's a lot of it, this is a more key preseason for a number of reasons I mean Javante Williams there's no indication he's going to play tonight but 
he'll probably play next week, according to Sean Payton. How is he going to look? How's Russell Wilson going to look? Uh, we're not going to see Mike McGlinchey in this preseason. So, right. But still, how is the retooled offensive line going to work? So we'll be eyes on Ben Powers and that sort of thing. And Zach Allen has looked great in um, training camp so far, but uh, we'll see how he looks in the preseason. So he needs to continue that. So, yeah, there's – and, of course, we got a kicking competition. you got to love that. So there's uh, – a lot of things to watch in this preseason. Going into this game, I think you, you pointed out some of the names, but uh, I, I think it was interesting in this game, too, that Marvin Mims was on the depth chart. We know the depth chart is, uh, Sean Payton said, is written in pencil, as it is for every coach this time of the year. But Mims has not had a lot of time uh, as the returner as he was working his way back from injury. Montreal Washington's been handling that. Now, this is kind of what we suspected would happen, but even when the depth chart came out, pencil or not, Marvin Mims was atop it in the kick and punt return categories do you expect we'll see that tonight and how solid is he as uh, a starter because you think is it as the broncos i know second round pick but their first selection in this spring's draft uh, that's a guy they want to get on the field yeah that's another good name to watch yeah i was surprised when he was listed as a starter at both those spots i mean if he had asked me before heading into training camp i would have thought He's maybe the leading candidate to be the punt returner, but kickoff returner, I thought, you know, Traymond Smith maybe was the guy that they brought in for that. Of course, he's got to make the team as a DB, too. They're not going to just keep him on the roster as a kickoff returner. And obviously, Mims is going to be on the roster, so that kind of works in his favor right there. But now with the uh, Tim Patrick out, I mean, he's got a chance to take another step and uh, be a more active guy from scrimmage. So that'll be worth watching, obviously, during the preseason as well. At receiver, uh, Johnson sprained his ankle in practice earlier this week. Uh, we assume he's not going to play tonight. Is, is is that true, or do we just not know yet? about uh, He didn't practice. I mean, I've got no indication. I've that. got no indication he's, he's going to play. I mean, if right. he didn't practice, I'm sure right. he's not going to play. So we'll see if they give us uh, pretty shortly here a do not dress list, right. which uh, often happens, especially before the first preseason game. <laughs> for most teams, it's a very long list, but it'll be a shorter for the Vikings. Or excuse me, the Broncos. I'm used to covering the Vikings. It'll be shorter for the Broncos because obviously they're using starters. We're talking to Chris Thomas of the Denver Gazette. A couple, uh, we know the Broncos have a, a long run of a more or less unbroken streak of, of having uh, undrafted college free agents make the team. There are a couple that, that I have my eye on. I'm thinking about uh, Nate Adkins, who's, I guess, battling with Albert Okawebenom for that final yeah. tight end spot if they go as far as four. And, of course, uh, all eyes are on Julio McLaughlin in, as the running back. With Javante Williams out, Samaje Piran probably not playing all that much. Uh, do you expect to see McLaughlin get a, a legitimate run at this because he's obviously impressed at camp? And, and about Adkins, where blocking seems to be a big part of it, he's gotten some, quite frankly, uh, compliments from teammates about his stability as that kind of player. Yeah, I think they definitely want to see McLaughlin. I mean, Sean Payton has raved about him in training camp, so... He'll be very interesting to see during training camp, or excuse me, during the preseason. But you always end up in that most interesting catch-22, because if he's not 
the third string running back and they're only keeping three, is he a guy that you can get on the practice squad and get through waivers that someone else isn't going to claim? So it's almost like you don't want to show too much because if he runs wild and you try to get him on the practice squad, he might end up on another roster. How much is Jonathan Cooper going to play tonight, Nick Benito, as opposed to, let's say, Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, who, especially on a bad field, I, I'm guessing they'd be rather careful yeah, you'd hope. with the presumed starters. But uh, Benito's had uh, a good-looking camp so far, and Cooper has been mentioned quite often as having played well in the absence of Browning, especially. Well, I mean, I can only go off what Sean Payton said. He said specifically that, A, the field condition won't influence who he plays, and, B, that Clark and Gregory will play. I don't. I assume they're not going to play that much. I mean, these guys are consummate veterans, and Gregory, every single snap, he's at risk of getting hurt again. So he would be a guy you might not want right. to play too much. But, I mean, he, he said they would play, so uh, we'll see if it's, you know, just a series or two. The... Offense behind Sean Payton, and even if it is just a series or two, obviously with Wilson and the rest of the starters, uh, should we expect to see something that looked vastly different than last year? And for Russell Wilson, something that would be different for him uh, over the course of his career, less improvisation, uh, less running around and extending the play, the idea of getting the ball out quickly. Do you think we'll see that in this sort of brief cameo tonight? And if we don't, does it mean anything? Well, usually you're not going to show much in the preseason, so I don't think they're going to show anything uh, too exciting or uh, off the wall. But uh, somebody actually had asked me about the first play. I mean, the first play of the preseason is usually a run up the middle, but who knows? Maybe uh, Peyton's going to want to uh, instill some confidence in Wilson and they got some pass play and they'll uh, use that, you know, the first play just to – get the confidence going, but uh, maybe not. Maybe just be the traditional run up the middle. Yeah, that way that will be interesting. If it is, in fact, 15 to 18 snaps, especially on offense, how many of those plays are going to be run plays versus pass plays? Uh, will it be split right down the middle? Will it be somewhat situational? I mean, if they're first and goal at the two-yard line, you wouldn't expect to see a pass or two or three. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> but it, just generally speaking, I, I think that's the question that with specific regard to Wilson that people are, are asking, are we going to see more of a disciplined game manager type of look from Wilson? And that's something, of course, we know he's never been before. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Peyton might – want to call something to, uh, like I said, give Wilson confidence and maybe dispel something or other. I remember back when I was covering the Vikings, everybody said that Teddy Bridgewater couldn't throw the long ball. So first series, they had him throw the long ball, and he threw like a 50-yard touchdown pass. And everyone said, I guess Teddy could throw the long ball. Of course, two weeks later, he was lost for the season with a knee injury. So, right, uh, right. That changed his career. <laughs> but yeah. – yeah, so uh, who knows? I mean, people might be saying, oh, Russell Wilson can't do this anymore, can't do that. And, uh, hey, but, uh, he just did it in the preseason I'll, I'll game. Give you, you know? 
Yeah, I, I'll give you a better example maybe than that. Cortland Sutton, who had no rapport whatsoever last year with Wilson, only caught about 58% of the passes that were thrown his way last year. We can argue about whether that was mostly Wilson's fault for throwing inaccurately or was it a matter that Cortland Sutton, at least last year, wasn't able to get the 50-50 balls that he'd been catching routinely during his first two years in the league. But isn't that something to look for tonight? Uh, even if both of them are out there only for a series or two, it, that there be some action that exists. I, I think the last six games we saw that Wilson and Judy seem to have it together. What about Wilson and Sutton as a passing combination? I understand in practice you've been out there every day. In practice, they've connected. It's look good. And they've looked good together. Yeah, with that in mind, why not do it in a game? Uh, I mean, he had a great practice Wednesday, Cortland Sutton did, and Wilson did as well, and they connected. So, hey, that was uh, – why not show that uh, – I mean, it'd just be a play or two. Why not show you can do it against another team? And since the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league, that yes. might be a, a, good, a good team to try it against and uh, boost your confidence. He is Chris Thomason. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Thomason. Of course, check out everything in the Denver Gazette that he puts together and the rest of the team puts together. Uh, the game report, of course, uh, tomorrow. Get the latest from Chris and everyone at the Gazette. So really appreciate it. I know it's a, a busy evening for you. Appreciate you taking a little bit of time and talking to us before kickoff. Thanks, Chris. Sounds great. Great talking to you guys. All right. Thanks so much. Chris Thomason joining us uh, from... Arizona, where uh, at least today, at one point, it was 103, but uh, they're playing inside, so yes. thank goodness. Temperature but, yeah, regulated. Te- temperature condition. controlled. Uh, maybe so. Is there, I'm just, I've always been curious about that. Is there a listener that works in sort of that HVAC world and has any idea how much it costs to air condition a place like a football stadium when it's 103 degrees? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can only imagine <laughs> what that can cost over at, uh, and what's what's the stadium now? State Farm Stadium in, Glen- Farm in Glendale, State? not Glendale. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, but uh, we'll we'll find out tonight. Obviously, how things go with the Broncos. I think some of the comments is that going back, listening to you two go back and forth a little bit with Wilson is interesting because because of the limited time. And I do agree with Chris. I don't think there's any chance that Russell Wilson plays in all three preseason games whatsoever. I, in fact, I think really this, no, I don't think so. Oh, at nice all. Uh-huh. I don't think that it's even a consideration. But well, here's the problem. Let's say you don't play him next week. People are going to say, but you're going to try to play Javante Williams next you, week. Uh, well, yeah, but, I, but but my point is, you don't play him next week. People are going to look at it and say the three teams you play in the preseason, two of them stink. They, they might be the two worst teams in the league. Although one beat you 51 to 14 last year. <laughs> so you play him against those two teams, but against San Francisco, the best defensive team in the league. The dress well, rehearsal no, I, game. I think that, then you sit them. No, I, be, I believe play. the starters will play the most next week against the Niners. I think that's where the starters will play the most. And I suspect they'll play very little, if any, in, in the third preseason okay. game. Okay. That's a long time between the second preseason game and the start of the regular uh, season. It, it, it is a gap. A it is a gap time. for sure. But uh, for, I, for a guy who said one of the problems, uh, I didn't say this explicitly, but when he said we're going to do everything differently than we did last year, uh, sitting him out and only playing him in two preseason games and one, at least one of them, you're only playing him for 15, 17 yeah. snaps. 
I don't think and that's it's a much fair different. point, Sandy, because I you're right. That's much different. The Niners game, the second preseason game, is on the 19th, and the opener is on the 10th of September. So, so you're you talking got a, a three week plus gap. Yeah, it's a big gap. It's a big gap. We'll find out how it kind of shakes out. But the problem is tonight, I suspect, we're not really going to learn much either way. I have, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those kind of things that, uh, unless it, it looks terrible, you're going to maybe see it's it's going to look like, you know, a, a sort of a Jackson Pollock painting. You can just find in it whatever you want to find in it. If you want to believe that, that Wilson looked good in 15 snaps, you'll probably be able to find evidence of that. If you want to believe Sutton looked good. In 15 snaps, you'll probably find evidence of that. If you th- Boy, if you weren't impressed, if, you'll probably find that too. If you look bad on offense against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I, I so you're not buying the uh, you're not game. buying the install excuse at this point that that Sean Payton has talked about. A lot of this is install. It's all going to be vanilla, and I, I understand, Chris. In the universe of possible things, could they do one or two exotic things? And I don't expect them to do anything could, exotic, but I. But, but no, it's not about it. It's I think you hit it right, though. It's basics. Crisp, I think, is the right word. And you said that earlier in the show. It, it should I mean, there's no, there's no game plan. Virtually no, no game plan. Not in. They'll just be running games. basic stuff that they've run over and over again in practice. Every team runs all these all the that plays you see in preseason. Runs. Right. That every team. Runs. As run of the mill as, as yeah. you can get. So, it, but it, but it can still, even though it's all the same plays. It, it can still look better or worse. You, it's still well, about I, I understand that. I, I just don't think, with the possible exception of the San Francisco game, that we're going to learn much of anything about the Broncos in any way during the preseason. In fact, I, I'm more interested, next to the San Francisco game, I'm more interested in the joint practices with oh, the Rams you than I am in the game with the Rams. You should be. And, and, the, and maybe that's maybe and that's, that's the, the argument middle of the, of the road position. That's the argument of the gap. Because you'll use Wilson a couple days with before the ones against the Rams ones Absolutely. in the joint practices so you don't have to use them in a the game. Right. I think that's what you'll probably see. And that makes sense. Do you want to know what you think? 303, uh, pardon me, 303 is the number. Want to let uh, you chime in about what you're looking for. Obviously, we're going to eyes will be on Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense. But what else are you curious about? I will take a look at those texts and get back to you with more next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. One of the other parts I'm going to be looking for, Sandy, in this game is the pass rush. And yes, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've talked about Benito in particular. I am intrigued because he's one of the guys that can sort of change the dynamic there. But it, it is more than that. And I think when you look at the way this team and, and I think we focused on this all week, and I think we're going to continue to focus on it all week, all season, really. Pro- production matters. And and it's it's great to talk about the idea that the Broncos have an interesting pass rush, and it's it's deep, and it's uh, whatever you want to make it. But, I mean, look. Young, promising. Sure. But he, let, let's go over this real quick. Here's the sack. To- and I'm including right now, I'm including, guy, I, I'm including guys that projected right now to just play significant snaps, okay? 
So along the front line, of which, by the way, I'm counting Frank Clark as a down lineman because that's really where he's going to play. He's going to play with a hand down. Bet they would have Baron Browning start if he was healthy. Uh, he wouldn't be backing up Frank Clark at outside linebacker. Allen had five and a half sacks last year. Zach Allen looks maybe ready to break out. Ben, maybe the best Bronco, maybe the most impressive Bronco in camp. I think that's yes. reasonably fair. Yes. Uh, Zach Allen had five and a half. Frank Clark had five. Baron Browning had five. But if you go along that front line, again, we'll put running aside for a minute. You have Allen with five and a half, Clark with five, that's ten and a half. DJ Jones had two, 12 and a half sacks. Browning had five, Jewel had two and a half, Randy Gregory had two, Nick Benito had two. So if you want to he look had at two, he had two. So if you want to look at the linebackers, right. you have Browning with five, Jewel with two and a half, that's seven and a half, Gregory with two, that's nine and a half, Benito with two, that's eleven and a half. Okay. We're at twenty three and a half sacks. Right now, that's not the starting lineup. This is like everybody in the rotation who's going to play significant snaps. Well, that's why people are saying here it's, is, all, it's and, all potential. And, and here's no your the idea that maybe they brought heat. Remember, they're running more or less the same offense or defense. Pardon me. Vance Jones is running the same defense to the point where he's changing his vernacular to fit the Broncos rather than vice versa. Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Damari Mathis all had the same number of sacks. Zero. Caden Stearns, zero. The only member of the defensive backfield that had a sack at all was Kwan Williams, who had one. So we're talking about the entire defensive rotation projected-wise of having fewer than 25 sacks as a team last year. Well, it's gonna Where's it going to come from? 40 this year. It, it, it's going to have to come from uh, Zach Allen. It's it's going to have to come from Clark. Gregory's going to have to play more than six games, obviously. I mean, if if you kind of prorate that over a 17-game season, not that he's ever played as many as 17 or 16 or even 15 games in a season before in his NFL career. But if you're talking about one sack every three games, that's right around five, five and a half, six for an entire season. So you'd have a little more production there but it this is why when when and 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 the point that i liked about clay's piece in espn.com today was that he said listen raw numbers don't matter your ranking comes on the basis of where you are in, in relation to, to your, every your peers other right team, yeah. right that's all that matters so we're not we're not speaking in absolute terms about the quality of the Broncos. We're, we're speaking about the Broncos as they compare with the other three teams in the AFC West, the other 15 teams in the AFC, and the other 31 teams in the NFL. That, that's what we're doing. And I think it is fair right now to look at the Broncos among the 32 teams in the NFL and say, you know, maybe they're a little bit better than bottom five on the edge, i.e. pass rushing. Maybe they're not one of the five worst pass rushing teams in the league, but they're almost certainly one of the 10 least effective. And they were certainly last year, one of the 10 least effective pass rushing teams in the entire league. What were they? 30 in pressure rate? 30th, yeah. I think, yeah. in pressure rate. And I, I know the second half of the season wasn't as good as the first, and that, that affected everybody. Sure. Pass rush wasn't as good. Uh, some individuals weren't as good. The only individual I thought had a better second half than he did a first half was Justin Simmons, and that was mainly because Justin Simmons was healthier. 
in the second half. Right. Than he was in the first half of the season. And as a result, he played better. But I'm looking at where the Broncos rank. They, they are ranked 27th at the edge rushing position. That would be dead last in the AFC West. All right. The Chiefs are only ranked 24th, but the Chargers are ranked second. The Chargers have some pass rushers. Chargers don't have anybody on the interior of the defensive line. Is mm-hmm. good. Right. That's fair. And the Raiders have Max Crosby. So they're going to come in somewhere inside of the top 10. And in this case, seven. The Broncos are dead last in the AFC at the edge rushing position. That's one indication of how much stronger the AFC is than the NFC, at least as it's perceived going into the 2023 season. I'll give you the other number that stunned me when I read it. The Broncos are ranked overall number 12 in the NFL. And you're thinking, well, yeah. you know, 14 teams make the playoffs. Broncos have a hell of a chance. Here's the problem. They're 12th in the NFL, right? In the AFC West, they're third out of four teams. In the AFC, they're 10th out of 16 teams. <laughs> in other words, below average. And the last time I looked, the NFC let seven teams into the playoffs. And even if the AFC is stronger... The AFC gets seven teams out of 16 into the playoffs. So if you're 10th in anything or worse, you're, you're not, you're not a playoff you're not team at least in, a serious in your conference, team. in your conference. If you're 10th or worse, you, you're not considered to be a playoff team and third of the AFC West, because if you go by, and again, I know the chargers are beset by these weird things and, you know, blowing 27-point halftime leads in the playoffs. I mean, it's all part of their recent history, to be sure. But if you're just looking at the quality of the roster, it's a top five, top ten team. They got one of the best five or six quarterbacks. They, they have an excellent receiving crew. At tight end, they're not much. Defensive secondary is... I, I think, it, it, at least at corner, very good. To be honest, I think in the AFC West, Denver has the best secondary. I, I think they're well yeah. above average. A, a uh, corner. Even, even, even within sure. the AFC. Yeah. Even within the AFC. I, it, I, you know, at the corner position, well, you know, it may, maybe, maybe Kansas City's better and the Chargers might be better. But... At safety, the Broncos are the best team in the AFC West. And Sertan, the, the, other, the other three teams Sertan's are barely the best in the top corner in, in there well, by yeah, far. Yeah. But, but you've got Mathis on the other side, and he's considered unproven. But I also I, think I, the, I think in the slot, Kwan Williams the is but considered overall, very good. Overall, in the secondary within the AFC West, the Broncos have the best secondary. But can overall, they're twelfth. But that only places them third in the division and tenth in the AFC. Now, you do the math. What they are saying to you is that of the top 12 teams in the NFL, 10 play in the AFC, and Philadelphia and Dallas play in the NFC, and Philadelphia is really good and Dallas is pretty good, and there isn't another NFC team that's all the way around proven. Now, I happen to think San Francisco yeah, I, I would put the is the best myself. team, but 
as I'm not going to say they're the best team. I pick Philly. As you pointed out yesterday, um, I happen to like Brock Purdy. I do too. But he was still Mr. Irrelevant. It did. Could you and imagine where that team had been? Everybody else passed on him, including the 49ers, until the last pick <laughs> right. of the draft. Now, I happen to think Brock Purdy is pretty good. I thought he was underrated in college. I thought he was a lot better in college than he got credit for being. But if you're asking me, even in the championship, are you 100% sure he's going to be? Do you like yeah. Brock Purdy or do you like Jalen Hurts? On Jalen Hurts' home field, I'm taking <laughs> yeah, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Me too. Almost every time. Now, I thought it ruined the game when Purdy got hurt, and then his backup got hurt, and the backup was a Bronco in training camp. Mm-hmm. I thought that was too bad, but I don't think the wrong team won the NFC Championship nope. game last year. I thought the better team was Philadelphia, and yes, San Francisco almost literally got a bad break or two during Not, the game yeah. to the point where Christian McCaffrey was effectively playing wildcat quarterback Yeah, by the end of the game, right? And they weren't throwing the ball. They weren't even making any pretense about trying to throw the ball, even though they were behind. So anyway, I, I would put San Francisco in there. But isn't that stunning that without, you know, this is one man's system of ranking teams. I get that. There is a serious analytical piece that has 10 of the top 12 teams in the NFL belonging to well, one Well, let's conference. go over to a, a different source. Let's go over to the USA Today, for example. And just a couple of weeks ago, they went through their projections by record. There were only four NFC teams in total that they had winning even 10 games. Four. The Eagles the Niners, the Lions, and the Seahawks. And that doesn't actually sound that out of whack. I would probably say the Cowboys are more likely to intend than the Seahawks are. But yeah, but I, I would but I, I would, would say I would say it's I not would. that's not unrealistic to say four teams win ten or more games in the entire NFC. Yeah. The NFC is really down. And USA Today, and again this is one man's opinion, Nate Davis, I believe. Mm-hmm. Of USA Today. It was? Who's been writing for years for USA Today. He had the Broncos going 10-7 and, and missing and the playoffs. missing the playoffs. Now, in the NFC, if yep. the Broncos went 10-7, and seven, they sure as hell wouldn't miss the playoffs. But in the AFC, they'll miss the playoffs, according to USA Today, and, and when you, yeah, even if they win 10 games. When you I don't think know about if I'd buy that. I don't either. But, 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 is it possible that there could be Five teams who win 11 and a couple teams who win 10 and beat the Broncos on tiebreakers. Well, that's basically yeah. what they have. Yeah. I mean, here, here's I where guess. they went. A little I more bullish, I, I think, it. on the Jets. But otherwise, it's it sounds outlandish, but it kind of isn't. They have the Bills at 13 and 4, Bengals at 12 and 5, the Chiefs at a surprising 11 and 6, in part because of the Broncos 10 and 7, the Jaguars at 10 and 7 in the South. Uh, no other winning teams in the South. In the North, they have all four of those teams with records uh, outstanding records. The Bengals with 12 wins, the Ravens and Steelers with 11, and the Browns with 10. No, That's no. hard, but they're expecting them to crush the NFC South. Well, yeah, that's a big And part I of think it. that's yeah. part of it. Yeah, because the, the NFC expecting, South is probably the weakest. And the AFC division. North is likely to just, just 
Okay. Steamroll right. them, getting them fat on a bunch of wins. I, I can't see four teams winning 10 games. I can't either. But the the East, they have the Jets winning 12 and 5, which I think is too yeah, high. It's the high. Dolphins at 11 and 6, which I do not think is entirely unrealistic no, if, if they can keep two healthy. Two is healthy. And the Broncos at 10 and 7. That would mean if that's right. And Uncle Vic cranks up the defense. Yeah. The Steelers would be 11 and 6 and maybe miss on tiebreakers. But the disparity right now between the AFC and the NFC, you can nitpick on those records, but it's pretty substantial. I mean, just look at the teams in the NFC West well, that we is. know. There's a gap. We the can Rams are rebuilding. The Cardinals is. are rebuilding. Right. The, the Bears right. are all projection on Justin Fields. Yes. The Packers are rebuilding. The Vikings are rebuilding. The Saints are rebuilding. The Panthers are rebuilding. The Bucks are rebuilding. The Commanders are rebuilding. The, yes. gi- the Giants, uh, I think, are... The are, Giants are going to slip below 500. I think they will slip, and they have them doing exactly that. So what teams are not rebuilding? The Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys. Amazingly, the, the Lions are rebuilding, but they're in a division where everyone else is worse. And right. the Seahawks at least no, just no, have to Lions, do what they do. The Lions could very easily win that division without winning more than nine games. And in this very case, easy. they have them winning very 11. In other words, feasting uh, on their yeah, op- opponents, and I don't know about I, that. Either. I might look at 10, uh, but I, I'd probably settle on nine in Detroit. I think nine and eight could win. That they do have North nine and division. eight winning the South, by the way, uh, uh, as well. They have them winning that bad South. That's division. a division where maybe eight and nine. It, it might very well. And so that this is kind of just stacking up what the challenges are for the Broncos, and it's not just the AFC West; it's the entire AFC. We're in a very unusual situation. It used to happen more often. Uh, the NFC, of course, had a run of winning Super Bowls for a, a very, very long time. But the way the, the cap works now, some of the, the tuning on it and the way the salaries have changed means that, by and large, you haven't really seen this one conference being vastly stronger. No, but right no, now, you, the AFC is. You, you, you've seen plenty of years in the 2000s in which the Patriots have represented, really, the strength of the AFC. Yeah. They've dominated the AFC East for most of the 21st century so far. But now it, it isn't just one team. It's like, I, I, I guess, Kansas City and Cincinnati and Buffalo, you, you throw them in there, and I think Kansas City at the three is a little bit, just a little bit ahead of Cincinnati. And then there might be a larger difference between Cincinnati and Buffalo than there is between Kansas City and Cincinnati. Uh, but after that, it's kind of a free-for-all. And you're, you're looking at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a hell of a team with a second-year quarterback yeah. in Pickett, who seemed to be getting better at the end of last year, and it's kind of a Pittsburgh kind well, of he, guy. He's got a rapport with Friermuth and George Pickens. Yeah, he's already got that's those connections. Right. That's right. And Pickens that's, is a uh, right. is the real deal. That's right. That's right. And you, you 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 maybe the offensive line isn't great, I guess, but boy, it's hard to find a lot of weaknesses with Pittsburgh. And then you look at Cleveland. It, it just Cleveland's talent, and I don't know what to make of Deshaun Watson any more than anybody else. Does. No, I, I have no idea. Not yet, because we didn't get much of a sample size, and what we did get, he was terrible. The six games, he was terrible. By and large, by and large, I mean he was bad as Russell Wilson was over fifteen games. That was Deshaun Watson over six games last year. But Deshaun Watson was a tier one, tier two quarterback for for a long time before he started messing around off the field with some really sick stuff. Very poor decision-making, yeah. for sure. Sick uh, stuff. Did not hurt his contract. So, uh, so, uh, well, no. 
But but Cleveland on paper is not bad. You you look at Cleveland's right. defensive line, for example, and some of their pass rushers. It, 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 you don't want to be. That's why the U.S. Facing, has and that's, that's that's one of the games I think that's a key game for the Broncos this year to win in terms of tiebreakers. Is that head-to-head game with Cleveland? That'll be the tiebreaker. Broncos get it going in just a couple of hours. Uh, Do we dare make a preseason game prediction? I'm not sure. We'll talk about it over the break and come back and let you know here on My Life Sports. Sandy Cuff and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. You made it. It's Friday. It's a football Friday. The Denver Broncos get it going in just over uh, two hours. We talked a little bit about what we'll be looking for. I'm looking for Greg Dulcich to get out there and block as the second string tight end. I want to see Nick Benito and the pass rush in general. Kind of broke down how the Broncos pass rush is a lot more potential than production, at least based on last year. You talked about, uh, as you put it directly, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, injury avoidance. Uh, uh, always. Will, right. Will, oh my will goodness, always yes. be And that field, we saw some photos. Uh, oh, it's, it's you bad. just showed me the photos and. Especially in the middle it, it looks of the field, like the, it's dirt. It looks like what you think it's of, of a field in December. Yeah, exactly. It it looks like a field that's been played on for months, and uh, of course they they kind of has on that field. I mean, I I guess. Yeah, I mean you're well, basically once, playing once the game a game on the Cardinals well, practice. Once field. a bid, well, always a bid. Well. I guess. I mean you're playing on they the did, practice they field. They just didn't spend any. Money in the end, that's what it really is, right? They're playing this yeah. game on the Cardinals practice field. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. And. Here's what I do. If the offense goes down and scores a touchdown, I don't care. Oh. It's five plays, eight plays, ten plays. Yeah, everybody They're coming out. out. Everybody. They're coming out except the tackle starting on the right side and placing what the glitch. What if he they stays. don't? Then they probably get a second series. Then, then, then I'd leave them in there for the okay. 15 to 18 snaps, whatever. So now, either, now, either a, if a there touchdown. are signs that that field is so bad, people are slipping all over the place. I'd I'd get them out as fast as I could, and maybe one series would be the limit in that case, too. But if they score a touchdown, you know, some people say, well, you know, you leave them in and see if they can score two touchdowns. No, in the first game, who cares? Arizona's terrible. If they go down the field, look efficient, crisp, sharp, no pre-snap penalties, go down the field and score, get the starters out. That's fine. Wilson throws five, six, seven passes. But what, you were giving me Jordan Love's line. Yeah. Just a minute ago. Seven for 10, 46 yards right. and a touchdown. That's fine. That's all Can that's he take all it in the game see. for the Steelers right and now? And he plus. hasn't even played. No. I mean, Russell Wilson's going into his 12th. Yeah. So you, you don't, and I, I know people are curious, but I, I'm telling you, although I am curious just as you are, folks, it ain't worth having them out there for more than one series if they score a touchdown on that first series. Now, if they don't, uh, you know, I guess three and out, make a first down or two, have to punt, whatever, uh, try a long field goal, make or miss, I'd, I'd probably put them out there again for a second series. I'd, I'd probably do that. But beyond that, no. I, I, 
two series max, even if that doesn't equal 15 to 18. Wins. Yeah, I, I don't think you need more two than that. Two series max. Because I don't know how much we, you really learn anyway. And that's the trick, right? I mean, how much do you really learn? It's In, in this first game, you don't get the Broncos' whole offense because McGlinchey's out. Now, there's nothing you can do about that. He's out till week one, more than likely, and hopefully it's just that long. But the things you can really learn from it when you're talking about the offense as a whole, you talked about it a little bit earlier with Chris Thomas, and if you missed any part of the show, you can always go to MyLifeSports.com or the free Miley Sports app and get all of it. But uh, Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson, part of the equation. And, and I get I mean, it. I'd You're like going to see vanilla. them hook up and see if, if, if there's something there and, and, and have that be an intentional part of what they're yeah, doing. I just don't think they're yes. going to run Samaje P. Ryan up the middle a bunch no, of times. No, it just, doesn't make any sense. Or, or throw every pass on the outside uh, to Jerry Judy and watch him maneuver after the catch, which he's done pretty effectively in, in camp, from what I've heard uh, and, and seen. He's looked uh, good. He, he's looked Look very good. I'm not worried about Wilson to Judy nearly as much as I'm worried about Wilson to Sutton. Right. I, and I, you have to see that relationship mature in an organized setting. Again, it's a preseason game. It's an exhibition game. It's against the Cardinals. It's on a bad field. Boy, the I don't think bad. we can get carried away. I will also say this. Had Wilson played, Last year in the preseason. I want to see if you agree with me on this. If he had played some, mm-hmm. and he didn't play at all. So if he played some, I'm guessing he would not have been allowed to look bad. And even if he had played in the preseason and it hadn't been great, we wouldn't have had any idea of how bad it would be once the regular season started. So the idea that, that well, they should have played Russell Wilson in the preseason last year because if he had played well, that would have given him confidence and the regular season would be totally different. Yeah. I'm saying he wouldn't have been allowed to look bad in the preseason. It, it wouldn't have happened. And... Well, you're not, you're not going gonna, into the regular season. You have no you're not choice throwing but 50, to 50 play balls. You're not doing all that sort of stuff in the preseason. It's, so, it's yeah. so vanilla. And I know they're not playing any of these teams during the regular season. That That's the case in most yeah, years. Most of the everybody. teams you play in the preseason, you aren't playing again during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. I mean, the Giants and the Jets play every year, right, in the preseason. And sometimes they play in the regular season. Once every four years, they play in the regular season, too. But usually, you're getting teams that don't play one, uh, uh, play uh, against you in the regular season. Right. And in, in, in this case, you're getting, let's be honest, Arizona might be the worst team in the league. It's, maybe, it's entirely maybe possible. Worse. They, they could be the worst team in the league. And, and the Rams might not be that far ahead, although I think with the Rams it depends on Stafford's health and Cooper Cup's health. And, you know, but defensively they're, they're, they're a shadow of what they were. So you've got two bad teams in the preseason schedule out of the three games. And then you got San Francisco in a dress rehearsal game where, where there are no joint practices, and you'll, you'll play your guys. I mean, you'll, you'll see more Brock Purdy and, uh, you know, the starters on offense – 
for San Francisco, and you will see, more importantly, their number one defense. If you want to get a measure of Russell Wilson, any measure at all of what might be in store during the regular season, watch him against San Francisco. Yeah. That game, I'm sure he'll play. The Ram game, I, I had forgotten briefly when we were talking to Chris that they had the joint practices. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll obviously participate in those, starters will be which will make lot. his participation in the game unnecessary. Right. The th- This game in particular, I, I'm kind of feeling the same thing. I, I, I'd just like to see... I'd like to see them be crisp. I'd like to see a couple players stand out. Uh, I'm curious. What I'm curious about, I I don't know. I'm projecting a little bit. If Russell Wilson does not look great, uh, I'm just telling you how this this town works, okay? Born and raised in Colorado, 14. (laughs) I can tell you how it works. Well, If Russell Wilson doesn't look great and Jared Stidham tears up the second string Cardinals, which, by the way, spoiler alert, he will. He will. Get ready for it. But keep in mind, Russell Wilson is not going to be challenged no matter what you see in the preseason. Uh, that's not a thing. It's not happening. So we'll get over it. And when you're listening around town or reading and you see like, well, oh, is there a real quarterback battle? Uh, that's when you know you can switch. They, they not say, well, what's seriously. the cliche? In the regular season, certainly, who's the most popular player with the fans? On the it's team? always the backup quarterback. It's the backup quarterback. Right? On, on bad teams. Yeah. On bad teams. Backup quarterback is always the most popular guy, right? The, I've argued for years the best job in Colorado in, is to be the Broncos' backup quarterback. In the preseason, the best thing to be back when they were playing four games, be the third-string quarterback, because that's the guy who plays <laughs> in the last preseason game and always looks good. Ben DiNucci, because, uh, because, your time uh, is th- coming. Th- there you go. And the, the fellow who... Played a few years back, and everybody was saying he was better than Lynch and Simeon. Oh, yeah. Team Sloter. Kyle Sloter. Kyle Sloter. Yeah. I call it the Sloter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, where, where the, but Northern that was Colorado back when Bear. they were playing four games. Right. So, I think now playing only three games in the regular season and in the preseason, the most popular player on the Bronco team with the fans will be Jared Stidham, who will probably look as good as Russell Wilson yeah, looks. I, I suspect he will for most of it. We'll find out, of course. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, pardon me, on Monday. And we'll check back with all these things that we wanted to see. And we'll kind of let you know whether you they happened or not. I want. could come in tomorrow. They're not stopping me. I mean, I, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think I'll probably uh, try to enjoy the day off. And I'll end up looking at this Broncos game a couple times. Take notes for Monday. Thanks to Chris Thomason for joining us uh, don't, on don't, location. Don't get carried away. Well, yeah. Well, there's a couple. It is an exhibition. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about Taylor Grimes and how he performs tonight. Uh, as many of you, I'm sure, are. The Broncos season gets underway in a semi-earnest with the preseason this evening. Thanks to Chris Thomas for joining us in Denver Gazette. Danny Bailey's the man in the booth that makes all of it work. But mostly thanks to you for listening, whether it's on air, on the HD radio, or on MyLifeSports.com, or easiest, on the app. Go check that out crystal clear in your pocket. Not only this program, but everything else on demand, including all the great writing for Cody Rourke and everyone else on the Broncos. So make sure you check it all out. My Life Sports app, wherever you get your apps. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Have a safe and fun weekend. We'll be back on Monday. But in the meantime, keep it tuned right here to My Life Sports. And we'll be back on Saturday.